Welcome to episode 58 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. Big week coming at you once again with some fast times from the Brits in Valencia over the half marathon. And then there's been some speedy times over 10k at Leeds Abbey Dash, not including Josh. We'll do the usual and discuss our training weeks, answer some listener questions, give you our session of the week and try our best to keep you entertained for the next 60 minutes or so. But before all that, in a week that's seen Liz Trust resign from being PM, making her the shortest serving PM in the country's history, and making her time in charge about as brief as Josh Lund's attempt at easy running. Let's welcome to the show everyone's favourite sub-220 man. How's life in Cardiff, Josh Lund? I'm good. I'm, do you know what? I feel like I've just been rained on forever. <laughs> Let's welcome our other co-host this evening, our very own B-Tech version of Brett Robinson, and not even the best S. Robinson I know. How's life up in lovely Lincoln, Shane? Yeah, also wet. Um, and that's just made me a bit sad that once upon a time I was the best Des Robinson. There was three of us knocking around, and uh, I no longer am. Should we explain what a B Tech is to our international listeners? Yeah, a B Tech is a extremely highly held uh, academic qualification. So basically, you're the better version of Brett Robinson. I am the better version of Brett Robinson. I was around first. I got a stitch first. So, Right. Let's jump straight into some training weeks. Josh, you can kick us off because you're raced up in Leeds. Yeah. Because for your last seven days. Okay. One thing to note on this, try and keep track of how many runs I've done for my house this week. Very well-traveled is this lad. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Monday morning. Also raining, actually. Um, so stayed in my uncle's house. Uh, he lives, uh, if anyone's done Parliament Hill, he lives, his garden is basically, you see the track from his house. So it's quite nice. Um, hilly though. So I did five miles, 653s. First two miles, pretty slow. And then uh, I had a nice little downhill, got going a bit. Oh, is uh, this like your actual uncle or is it just some bloke <laughs> who calls no. your uncle? It is my uncle, yeah. Because oh. I, uh, I paced him on the Sunday, so... Um, one result of that was I managed to get a lift to London, which was nice. Uh, then in the evening, so we recorded in the evening just before that, I went for a run and did 5.4 miles, 6.50s. And have you, you guys, you've, Aaron, you definitely have. Have you seen Top Boy? Yes. Oh, yeah. I felt like I was living it at one point there. I went in that- Stratum. Stratum, yeah. I was, a little, I was a little bit scared, so... Yeah, I've got moving out of there. Did you make any peas? <laughs> I didn't really want to have the conversation with anyone. <laughs> uh, Tuesday morning, so just did a shakeout, uh, four miles, 6.50s. And then in the evening, so I've gradually been building week on week um, at sort of my goal or my PB half marathon pace, which is 4.55 a mile. Um, and sort of originally started at three by a mile, and this is now built up to four miles straight. Um, and around four, uh, 1944. So I got one of my school friends actually to come and pace me on the bike. So after that, I don't know who was more knackered, me or him, because he is not an athlete by any means. Um, but yeah, I was pretty pleased with that. I thought if I can run five minute miling, that'd be 
really, really good. Um, Cause I did three miles the week before at five minute mining and that sort of felt pretty tough. Um, so yeah, no, I was, I was happy with that. And then did three mile warm up, three mile warm down. So what's the, what's the conversion in Battersea? Yeah. Battersea. Well, sometimes you one straight, you get really kind GPS and then the other straight you don't. So I, as you know, don't have auto lap on. And my first mile was, I think it was 457 and through one side, I was sort of flicking to 458. And then the other side, I was flicking back average over the whole thing to 457. And then I think my last mile was 453. So it was a bit quicker. So got it down. Um, in the morning on Wednesday, I did eight miles with James Stockins. Um, so we did, just so he did a little bit less. I did, uh, yeah, eight miles. And that was 641s. So it took a little bit uh, of a little while to get going, actually. It was a bit early, sort of 7, 8 uh, a.m. at the door. Thursday, I did 4.2 miles shakeout, um, and that was in Carmarthen. Uh, so my girlfriend's on placement at hospital there, and then we're going straight to her parents uh, before we went to Leeds. So nice, yeah. nice comments on that one. Time to bring Rishi in. Yeah, I mean, I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> you play, you're a big, big player in the conservative world. <laughs> Josh um, likes to think he is. <laughs> So that was, uh, yeah, 4.2 miles at 6.50s. Um, and then in the evening, I did a session. Um, so the, I found an industrial estate, or I heard of an industrial estate, that um, nice little loop on. So I would try to find that. And on my warm-up, I missed the turn-in. I was one turn-in early. So the first rep, first half of it was pretty quick, and then I was ended up on, like, drop, um, drop curbs. So that was pretty crap. Um, so that the first one was like 455 pace, 454. And then, uh, oh, I haven't told you the session yet. It was six by four minutes off two minute jog. Um, and then I go into this loop and the loop's really good, actually. It's very slightly downhill one way and very slightly uphill the other. And it's about probably 600 meters. Um, so the rest of them were between 445 and 449 pace. So I felt pretty good at that. And I actually wore the Alpha Fly, the new Alpha Flies, the twos. And I'm, as you know, pretty four foot or quite toey. And I just felt they were really, really bouncy. So I, it actually made me think, do I wear these on Sunday? I did, you, did you get a bit tired in the second half or did you feel all right? Um, I did start to feel a little tired, but I didn't really feel like I was slowing that much. I, it was more just, I'm tired, like try harder, basically. Good answer, because if you said otherwise, I was about to rinse you. Your, your recoveries just get slower and slower and slower. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't even know what my... Yeah, to be fair, I might have started like, walking the first five seconds or something. Um, jo- Josh yeah. Lund, for two minutes, ran 7.55 pace. That is... That's what we like. I, I'd have definitely been walking in some of that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my London marathon tactics. <laughs> the, the worst thing about that is if you look at the last mile of the warm down how hilly it was oh yeah horrendous not what you need um and actually shout out to josh griffiths because he's used that loop quite a lot and he said it's very good so uh, why is he allowed to use that loop and i'm not allowed to use cricket pitch because the cricket pitch isn't on the road so if i get a road loop that's 600 meters long you'll let me off yeah okay done i've got one <laughs> Um, okay, that's Thursday. So Friday, um, just six miles recovery. So 6.45s. 
that was yeah i mean oh i actually witnessed someone get hit by a car i was probably the biggest event on that not ideal and the worst thing about it was and considering i was staying at a hospital i ran past this got all the way back still no ambulance and you're 0.7 miles from the, from the hospital i thought that was quite poor what did you do well, I carried on my run. There was loads just, of people. There. Just sped up. Yeah, well, I did wonder. The road was closed. So, yeah, there was loads of police. I, I'd have been more of a hassle than uh, or more of a hindrance than help. Yeah, yeah, we get that. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. So, now next location. Uh, so, this is Saturday morning. Do 30 minutes and some strides and drills in Blackburn. Um, so, I didn't stop my watch actually for the, the strides and the walk in between them, but I think it was around six th- six twenties probably. Um, cause I did six thirties with the walk and the strides, but yeah, I felt right. Um, yeah. Changed the vapor flies for the, um, for the strides. Um, yeah. So then that brings us to the race. So, um, I was up, yeah, pretty early. It was like half five. Um, and it was only about an hour 15 to get to lead. So actually works out pretty well. Um, the only downside was because I've been home in about two weeks I didn't have my, my I forgot my watch charger so I had to guess my warm up a little bit luckily I went out with Sam Winters so I did about 20 minutes with him um, I couldn't tell you what pace it was to be honest then uh, saved my battery for the race so I was kind of I'm an hour on what pace to go and I didn't really want to obviously go out too hard and die um but i also didn't really want to sort of sit back too much because i know i don't really have that much for change of pace so um i kind of sat off the front group and it's quite hard to just sort of let them go because i kind of just wanted to go with it um but i was pretty aware that it was too quick because we went through a k i know the first k at leeds is slightly down well it's definitely downhill um and then we went for a k in about 250 so in my first mile was like 443 or something so I kind of let them go, but they never really got a massive gap. Even at halfway, I think it was only about 10 seconds. Um, and then there's a bit of a hill going into halfway, which you obviously, it's a turn, it's an out and back for anyone that doesn't know. Um, and you you go sort of, it's a big cone. It's almost like a roundabout the, the turn. So it's it's not uh, too bad at all. Um, and then coming back, I felt a fair bit better. I, I had a bit of a bad patch, sort of four to six K. Um, and then yeah felt a little bit better um so i think the 5k marker was completely out as well because i went through in about 15 30 i thought if i don't break 31 minutes aaron's never going to let me lift this down and that was literally what i thought so luckily the next like 6k it was like something oh 18 15 so um yeah that was better um so yeah so i ran 30 40 so it's kind of i thought a week ago i'd probably run about if I could run under 31 minutes, I'd have been happy. And then those two sessions in the week, I thought maybe I could run a little bit quicker. So 30, 30 was kind of my aim. So yeah, there are thereabouts. Yeah. I think we, we obviously said about 30, 50 or so on the podcast last week, but then after your session in the week, we both said you should be running under 30, 30. Shane, I think said he'd be running 28, 30 if he did that <laughs> session. So I think it's a solid, solid result in not the best conditions. I think yeah, that's so, fair to say. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; like, it wasn't the worst conditions I've ever raced in, in the sense of like overall conditions. But it was definitely the worst rain I've ever raced in, um, and it was a bit breezy on the way back, um, because the first 
I, I kind of got dropped from the second group just before the turn. And then there was a guy who came past me. I don't know his name, but he was massive. And when he came past me, I sat on him and I felt like I was jogging, honestly. And so I sat on him for probably 2K. I just did not move, which was quite nice. And I've gone back to the old course at Leeds. Yes, I think it's better. So straight straight down the road, no industrial estate loop. Exactly that, yeah. I thought, the, I thought the old course was the uh, industrial estate road. No, no. They, they did it for two years, I think, where they changed the start to a parallel road and then you went around an industrial estate and then ran the, uh, 23 metres too short. Uh, and then I did three mile warm down pretty pretty slow, Maddie. So, it, yeah, I mean, the rain, I got changed, like changed everything because, you know, when you're like vest, is so wet. It was completely saturated. So I actually had to tuck it in because it was just slapping me. It was awful. Um, I've just typed in Josh Lunning's power of 10. There's now two of you. One is a Vet 35 who runs for Lonely Goat Running Club. Anyway. I've seen that before, actually, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to look at what year we did it. So talk about yourself. Well, whilst you do that, so the mileage for the week was 72. Um, so, yeah, I, I used that a little bit. Obviously, I didn't do a long run in that. 2012, Joshua. Wow. I would have run about... 33 30 i think back then so you were 33 7 33 21 or 17 depending on what you want to go with tb at my at the time but yeah legs my legs actually today i ran this evening feel pretty good so i've pulled up pretty well off that actually night when's your next race um it was five weeks yesterday so five weeks from leeds and i'm gonna do a half marathon in paris it was three weeks after I did the park run around 15, 25. And then I've effectively run back to back faster. So I kind of want to do the same for a half. I don't think that's that unrealistic really. Cause that's, I think 30, 30 is my half marathon PB pace. So, yeah. I think it's a bit more of an ask personally. It is, it is a bit more of an ask, but I yeah. don't, it's like, it's not ridiculously un, unrealistic. The, the issue you've got, I suppose, is um, park run is at 9am and not an ideal course. So to double that isn't unrealistic at a flat, fast 10k where you've got lots of people around you. The yeah, issue in Paris is, yeah, the is park- doubling plus double. It's a little bit more than double. We'll see. Uh, don't listen to him. Go out in 29.50 and just see what happens. Go roll the dice, mate. I would. <laughs> Don't you start using that saying. <laughs> right. Shane, last week you said, I think, that you had Monday as a rest day. So hopefully you improved in the week. Yeah. So I actually had a very good week, uh, mainly because I did a lot of running in the wet and I've somehow come out of it without even a cold. Touch wood unlike some people on this call. So um, let's get my training diary up. So yeah, Monday I had a rest because um, the, the, the Sunday night I got very minimal sleep um, and I, did, I didn't think it was worth just going for a run. I thought I'll focus on sleep. So the good news is on Tuesday I woke up feeling pretty refreshed, felt good. So I actually, ready for this, I did a morning run. I did 30 minutes easy in the morning. Well, 
31 minutes and 16 seconds and I averaged 716 pace. Um, I went to the gym around lunchtime, I think, and then in the you evening, went, I did another you went, First of all, your morning run, 8, yeah. 11 a.m., so... Early for yeah. me. Very early. Oh, you, around, you the West, around the West Common, what's it like these days around the West Common? Oh, it's fantastic. It's 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 whole. It's had we've had a nice dry summer, haven't we? So it's it's pretty good to run around at the minute. Even today, after all the rain we've had yesterday, it was it was fine. Um, Any horses lurking about? Uh, I saw uh, saw Black Beauty floating around. Yeah, dark horse that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. So yeah, that was a morning around the West Common. But oh, I tell you what, I was running back up. And obviously, uh, walking across the common was this uh, this woman. Well, I say walking. She was running across the common, dragging her kid along, obviously late to school. And it did make me realise that if I'm ever a parent, that will be me every single day. My poor kid is going to have, well, one, get in great shape, but two, going to have very sore arms. Um, so I decided not to do that. In the evening, I... Uh, Ramon lads did just shy of 10 miles, 9.85 miles, average 719. Uh, felt fine. Um, and then, yeah, in the gym that day, I had to be fair, I, I hit the gym pretty hard. And on Wednesday morning, I was I, I was suffering quite a bit. Um, so I didn't really feel good on Wednesday. Um, but did a session nevertheless, and it was, ex- it was so windy. Uh, so we... We went into the woods to do our sessions. We did three by eight minutes uh, off two and a half minute rest. Um, yeah, I think I ran pretty well, if I'm honest. Um, I sometimes take my average pace around those sort of places as a, as a pinch of salt. We have this um, figure of eight loop and it's pretty good underfoot. In fact, I wore my street flies and they were very good around there. So I don't think there's any issues with it. The fact it's off road. Um, each eight minutes, I, I got a little bit further each time. Started from the same point, um. So I think I, I mean, I my watch told me I averaged uh, or went through the mile each time. I looked, I looked where I thought the mile was that I'd looked from when we warmed up, um, and I went for that same marker in five oh five, five oh one, and four fifty seven. Um, the figure of eight lap itself, again, I went through in 5.45, 5.41 and 5.39. So all, all I know is I, I did pick up for the session. I felt pretty smooth. My doms were so bad at the start, though. You know when you can't stride? I was, yeah, I oh, man, it was just really hurt to put my feet down. But obviously, doms don't really affect you once you get going. So, so yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with that. Um, it was way better than when we did sessions in there last year. And, and last year we... Last year it was probably about three. I was probably about. I'm probably about three weeks behind this year, so I'm kind of I'm ahead of what I did last year. But we did these sessions in September last year, so um, so I was a bit quicker about than when we did last year. I did five by six minutes at a similar effort. So I think I'm in between. Um, I think I'm a little bit behind where where I was this time last year. But the sessions I'm doing are better than the sessions I did last year. Does that make sense? Not at all, but we'll go with it. All right, go with it. So anyway, um, Thursday morning, uh, I 
see what time I ran. I'm getting there. You just followed me on Strava. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't realize I didn't, I didn't follow you. <laughs> Very good. 707. You must have pissed me off one time, Josh, and I was like, I'm not following this anymore. I do that to him all the time. Um, 7 a.m. Hey, that's that's dedication. I'm on it this week. I was like, right, I need to make sure. I had, I had a pretty hefty day, and I originally planned to go for a bike ride in the evening. So I wanted to get my run done in the morning. You feel so much better, though, if you run in the morning, I find. like you, The rest of your day is so much better. Oh, no, I, I had a day at uni, but it was... It was on uh, my laptop, and I had to have like a lie down in the afternoon. I was, I, 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 was, I struggled. So you need some norm tech, Shane. <laughs> Very good for that. No, that's all a load of shit. Um, so yeah, so I was pretty happy. That it's pretty slow. Uh, but I'm not bothered. I got out, so I was, I was quite happy. I got out. The uh, ten miles in seven thirty-five pace. Again, the the doms were horrendous. Um, really horrendous. Friday, uh, did an easy run with some hills, and it was a bit like Sunday. It was just absolutely pissing it down the whole run. It was miserable. Uh, but we did sort of roughly, I think we did eight, roughly 40-second hills. The first two were a bit shorter. Um, and, yeah, I felt pretty good on them. I wasn't really getting any ta- and I wasn't really getting any extra fatigue as I was doing them, so I built up a bit of strength there, but... It's not a particularly hard session. We just throw hills in in the middle of a run. It saves you doing a full session and battering yourself. Um, and it's how, good. How long's the hill? Uh, I don't know how long exactly, but it was taking us. Uh, I don't know. We were just running up it for like forty seconds. Um, it was it's one of those sessions because it was so rainy. You just had to keep moving. Um, I don't know if you two find the same when it's like that, but I'm okay as long as I'm keep moving I, I hate stopping around when yeah. it's like, miserable if it's raining there is no chance Aaron's going outside he's in the game <laughs> wait this is why my voice now is why I don't go outside when it rains Aaron Aaron you 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 just need to spend your life in a hazmat suit mate <laughs> right <laughs> let's go to, let's go to the next day moving on Saturday morning 10 mile dog jog uh, that was nice Ronnie's dog why has she- why has your dog not got Strava when Ronnie's dog does? Um, my dog doesn't believe in Strava. He thinks it's full of wankers. Fair enough. <laughs> um, no, because he's he's too annoying to set up a Strava account. Um, Ronnie's dog uh, took me out again before the run, so I wasn't very happy about that. He needs to stop diving into me head first. Um, it was like a football dive that. He made contact, and then I gave it about a second, and then I went down. Uh, on Sunday, Sunday um, we did a long run. So Ronnie proposed this run. We did two hours with a six-mile pickup in. And then within the six-mile, we did four of it at aerobic threshold and two at anaerobic threshold. Um, same as everywhere else in the country, it was absolutely lashing it down head to toe. Um, anyway, that this this two four mile five twenty eights. You've gone into two mile at four fifty eights. Yeah, pretty good going. Yeah, uh, if you remember back to episode one, fun fact about me is that the longer the run goes, the better I get. So, yeah, 
Um, did did but, anyone else join you for that two mile, or did you run off in the distance like you used to do? Yeah, I ran off in the distance like I used to do. Um, yeah, well, I wanted to because it was a bit of a test, uh, as in we'd not done anything like that before. I just sort of followed my heart rate on the four mile aerobic. Uh, Tom isn't in the shape me and Ronnie are in, so he just let us go anyway. Yeah, and I, I moved away from Ronnie just because my heart rate got too low and it, it just felt too slow so i was like i want to actually test how hard that two mile becomes um so i don't i didn't really want to into it drop it being five five seconds too slow and feeling too easy next time if we do that again i might i won't be as bothered about getting the first four mile at the right intensity and yeah i went pretty well i was quite happy with that um rounded up at the end to two hours and that also put me on bang on 19 miles and overall, that was 76 miles for the week, I think. Another good, consistent week from you, Shano. Yeah, happy with any, that. Any influences that have gotten your, your nerves this week or are you having a um, week off them? I've had a week off them. I've, I've been, been busy doing other stuff this week. So I thought um, I'll lay off. I'll be nice. Um, I'll not lose the show any more followers by laying into anyone. Um, so I might just save that to next week. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'll go straight into my week, which started positively and ended less positively. So we'll go back to to Monday, and I was I was in the office on Monday, so text the best runner I know in Peterborough, Big Phil Martin. He was always going to be out for a run, so my elevation was miles off. So Josh, this is where he said you had a fix for me, but. I can adjust the elevation on every run, apparently. Yeah, I think that was, that was the idea, though, wasn't it? Why don't I just sort of watch out? I can't be asked to change every elevation on each run. I, mean, I don't even know where you're looking at. Because it, it doesn't t- tell me my pace anymore. It just tells me my elevation. Oh, okay. I can see that being annoying. Anyway, it's because my fir- my gap um, was Josh Lund pace. <laughs> Running six minute miles on gap. It just wasn't true. Anyway, me and Phil did 10 miles, or I did 10 miles, Phil did a bit less. 709 average, according to that. Um, that was Monday. Tuesday, I was also in the office. So when I got home, I jumped on the treddy for a bit of a bit of a session. So I did 20 minutes warm-up. 15 minutes, I was gonna work just below threshold which I settled on about 322s I put here so was that 525 ish it kind of felt a pace I could could do for I don't know it's probably closer to threshold than sub threshold to be honest and then I did 10 minutes I had three minutes recovery then I did 10 minutes at 315s which was meant to be threshold probably a little bit harder than threshold Took two minutes recovery and I did five minutes hard and averaged about five minute mile in for that five five minutes. So all in all, 30 minutes of work, um, a decent pace and felt good. Those paces are sort of quicker than I was doing last week on the on the Ks when I was doing them in and out. So yeah, pretty happy with how that was progression. Um so that was 11 and a bit miles and all. Wednesday, 
I just single ran again. I had to pick Eliza up from the nursery at five, so drove down to where her nursery was and did a run from there. And I've put my notes here covering the ground well because I was listening to the Aussie boys and probably the best I felt in months on that run. Around 6.56s, Josh, so not as quick as you do. But I felt I could have gone hard. I had to sort of hold myself back. That's a nice feeling, though, isn't it? It's felt amazing. Yeah. I wouldn't know. And it's quite hilly. <laughs> um, but yeah, 10 miles again. So what am I on? 31 miles Monday to Wednesday. Happy days. All going well. I text Ruth because she wants to move her long run forward this week because she was going to Paris. So I thought she was going to do it on Saturday. She said, can I do my long run tomorrow, which was the Thursday? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, we'll do it tomorrow. So that meant I was going to join her for the 21 odd miles. Problem was, it was absolutely chucking it down. And I know you just said on your race at Leeds, you'd never been wetter. Try 21 miles in it, Josh. Yeah. We were running through, because it was like country roads and they were some of them were flooded and you're just running through like, I don't know, ankle deep water. This is going to sound was... pathetic, but I really, really hate getting my feet wet. There was no option on this run. Anyway, we did a 5k swim to warm up. That was 7.20 pace, which is pretty quick for Ruth. We just, like you said, Shane, we didn't want to get cold. Hang on a second. Have, I, have, you, have you missed a day? Don't think so. You did the, the covering the ground well. Right, after yeah, the- that was Wednesday. 5k swim is the warm up. Yeah. And then I've got my session. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my bad. It's my cool downs moved before the session. But anyway, it goes yeah. to the session. Yeah, confuse me. Yeah, okay. Two by 10K. Well, it was meant to be a bit more, but I changed it multiple times for Ruth on this run because it was just one of those days where you just have to do what you can. So we did two by 10K off 3K and the 10Ks were about 4.07-ish average, I think, which a little bit off a marathon, goal marathon pace, but solid enough work done. We... We ended up, Josh, at the back of that quarry um, where we did those long runs, where and had to run had to run back to Gretford. So it's it's a good four and a bit miles back to where the car was, but it was still chucking it down, and you know that's all into the wind. Mm. So it was the most depressing. You cut out, mate. What you say? There's not any other options either. No, so we were just straight back. I I thought it was the peg turbos I was wearing that were causing my shoes. So I was like, I hate these shoes. I like bonked. I was on that run back and Ruth was like pushing me on to get back. I mean, we, we did run 7.30s, but I was, compared to how I feel in, felt in previous weeks, I was completely gone. And you are in the turbos? I was in peg turbos. Weird, because I really like them. Yeah, all, all I'm it saying, turns out it's not those. 
Yeah, I know exactly what it is. What it's... you've done is you've done a run at sub seven average and you've instantly paid the price. <laughs> yeah. So the truth <laughs> of the matter is I was obviously coming down for an illness that day and I shouldn't have done 21 miles. So when I woke up Friday morning and ached my whole body and had fever, I was like, oh, this is probably the reason rather than the peg turbos. So I apologise, peg turbos. I might take my Strava little line back one day. But yeah, I've had what seems like the flu ever since Friday morning and still going today. So that was the end of my week. So I was on... Aaron, I'd say since episode one. Yeah, well, it's ever since... Every time we bring this podcast back, I get ill. You're, you're patient zero, mate, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just obviously so stressed talking to you two boys every week. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think I was on, what, 52 miles when that came back. I was like, great, I'm going to hit 80 this week. I'm going to beat Shane. <laughs> Haven't run. So I, I am the mileage champion of us three this week. Yeah. Guess so so yeah, I I thought I was getting better on Saturday. Wasn't. Thought I was getting better Sunday, wasn't. And woke up this morning, probably the worst out of all the four days. So hopefully it clears soon. You do look awful. Thanks. Absolutely awful. So I think but, uh, any listeners out there, I think you need to send Aaron some love on Twitter. Eliza had this illness last week. She's now much better. So it's it's all her fault again, to be honest. <laughs> Josh made a, a comment, didn't he, the other week? In the, uh, in the he group. makes lots of comments. Are we allowed <laughs> to air this one? I don't know. It's, it's, does Jenny listen? Jenny doesn't care. Well, anyway, uh, Josh made a good point that ever since you've had Eliza, mate, your your life's been shock- shocking. Uh, you are the absolute reason that people shouldn't have children. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not one positive you're giving me to have a child. She can be good, mate. You'll understand one day. She she scribbles on the walls. She gets <laughs> it all. To be She's honest, straight- I, I really like her. To be fair, She's causing you mayhem. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's my own fault. Right, let's move on. Josh, have you got Strava leaderboard there or not? <laughs> so, uh, so the male leader last week was Ewan Cameron. He was 101.4. Um, Is he doing Valencia, do you reckon? I reckon he might be because he banged out 20 miles this morning at 6.07. A lot of time for that. Um, and the women's leader is Christine with a melon emoji. She did 86.8. There you go. Strong. Well done, guys. Right. Should we do session of the week? I'm going to do it. Well, actually, I'm going to leave it to Shane. Leave it to me. Well, I mean, it it is an Aaron Scott special, this, isn't it? Yeah, you go for it. The session this week, drum roll, is the progression run. Um, so a mixture of ways you can do this and use use sort of five kilometer marathon, uh, blocks of minutes. That's the Aaron Scott special, uh, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes or 15, 15, 15. 
you can do blocks of distance as well. Three mile, three mile, three mile is is common. And a range of paces. So you go easy, steady, hard, or be more specific if you someone who trains a bit more specific. Five 545s, 530s, 515s is an example that we've got down here. Um, fast finish progressions for the marathon. So you can do an easy warm-up, 30k progression with your last 8k at marathon pace. Uh, similar to what I did this week, did a bit of a progression within the run. I quite like them. What about you, you Well, I obviously do because I wrote it down. The progression run, I um, I used a lot. And I use a lot for my athletes and I often prescribe it in blocks of minutes. 15, 15, 15 being common. Maybe if a warm-up and cool-down either side. And I'll often just say 15 minutes easy, 15 steady, 15 hard. And they'll often ask, what is that? So... I might prescribe a pace, but in reality, that last 15 minutes or that last block, I only want the athlete to work to threshold. I've seen so many people run these progression runs and finish flat out, like 5K pace. And they'll come to me and say, every time they sit on their train, they're like, oh, I hate that session. It's so hard. I'm like, I don't want it to be a, a session you fear that it's a hard session. I want you it's a good session to throw in to be a moderate session. It shouldn't be a hard session on your, in your schedule. So, um, so yeah, I love it for, for somebody who's running 10 K and then I use it. Yeah. Marathon training. We do blocks of progression, longer blocks, whether that's, as I said, 30 K progression where you do 10 K, 10 K, 10 K, maybe two by two K at marathon pace afterwards or something like that. I think that's the, Mm. the julian spence special so i might have stole that off him but but yeah it's it's just a a a very adaptable session i I think yeah i think that that's the biggest draw to it i i put it in sometimes with with clients but i personally like to prescribe in minutes as well and again to feel uh, so easy steady hard or whatever and just let let the runner let yourself if you're doing a session interpret what these paces feel like and also I think it's quite useful if you if you ever time starved and you've got I don't know an hour and you haven't got time to do a warm-up cool down drills strides you just ease your body into it and I think it can be quite nice for that Josh doesn't know what that is not having time to do drills and strides <laughs> no I was actually going to say I know Rob, Rob's quite a big fan of this um when we get more sort of marathon specific stuff which we do um we'll warm up and warm down as well but Normally, do sort of 60 to 70 minutes progression. Um, so, one week is a bit quicker, a bit shorter, and then the other week is, uh, is a bit longer. So, how does he prescribe that to you? What does he say? Uh, it's normally five or 10 minute blocks, and it's he gives me paces to run. To what, 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 what do you go to, like top end? So, on the slower one, I might start 540s and I'll probably get down to 510s. And on the faster one, I'll probably start up 520s and probably get down to 450s. So down to 10k pace. Yeah, probably. Maybe how long is that? Pace, actually. Probably how long is that progression? Um the shorter one will be 40 minutes, I think, 40, 45 minutes. It gradually builds, so it'll start shorter and then week on week they get longer. So I think um the other thing with these is depending on where you are in actual your actual training, because 
picking yeah. up gradually through a run can be really difficult. So if you're finishing your threshold, doing one mile at your threshold after a progression can feel much harder than doing two or three miles at your threshold as a straight tempo from the start. So I think... I'd uh, find an example of one. Yeah, I always like to try and get people to do these on a, a flat loop if possible to really control that progression that's why the cricket pitch for me is ideal because I can I can actually do it to heart rate so I often do 10 minutes 15 minutes at 150 going up to 150 heart rate then the next block at going up to 160 and the next block topping out 170 so I also do it to heart rate as well so what are your thoughts Aaron on keeping the progression the same but adding them in at different stages of say a long run keeping what the same the, the time so let's, say, let's say you do a, a 30 minute progression which is split in block 10 10 10 would you ever prescribe that sort of thing towards the end of a long run for marathon runners yeah in i think in the early phase of your, your marathon block even maybe just before the marathon block in that sort of transition period between when you've been doing 10k work or half marathon work and going to the marathon you might have a two-hour long run where you can use that last half an hour to do that type of thing or or maybe between one hour 15 and one hour 45 to just progress and finish fast i think finishing fast finish long runs are good i just don't know how many of them you can do too close to the marathon especially when you're doing two and a half hour runs it's hard to do a fast finish long run each week yeah i think they when you run on i think part of the marathon is running on tired legs well you still know better than me because i walked when i tied legs um but you got to get that preparation for that last 10k right do you know what josh actually messaged me one of these the other week um and he used to he said he actually said he loved them we did them down a bike path in cambridge and we did like a 20 mile run where we finished with five-ish miles that progressing to sort of marathon pace and josh josh was the king at them yeah i mean some of that might have been enhanced by the fact that when i looked behind i couldn't see aaron in sight but um you know i asked it all joking aside i do really like a quicker run a quicker sunday especially um right without dragging this on this part on for too much longer i'll give you one quick example that i had back in april so three mile warm-up like easy run pace and this was in miles, this one. So 520s, one mile at 515, two miles at 510, two at 505, one mile at 455, then two mile jog. So there you go, seven miles. Nice. So picking up the threshold there. Yeah, exactly. Strong. Should we move on? Yeah, a couple, couple of list of questions. Um, this first one, I'll get his name or her name in a second. It says, how do you predict your marathon time? Running Manchester in April, current PB, 5K, 18.41. Shane, how do you predict your athletes' marathon time? I look into my crystal ball. I ask Mystic Meg, and um, they give me Do that. you know Josh's physio? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, um, I, the cheat is to find a pace calculator. I actually use a final surge a lot for that. So I do some of my coaching final surge. Um, so if you ever actually 
want to know roughly what your shorter times mean in terms of your um, marathon times, but you have to add context to that context to that. So if I'm faced with an athlete who seems to have really good endurance is quite strong, I'm going to favor their marathon in comparison to their 5k. Um, if I have an athlete, say someone like myself, who might come from a more of a track background, I'm probably naturally going to have a, a bit of a worse conversion rate um as i move up the distances but then i'll factor in what training i've done so if you, if you are someone who always feels strong towards the end of your long runs you might feel more confident over a marathon um but yeah i normally just use those calculators and just see yeah. what ties in with training and then also um a big thing for me is effort at marathon pace so if someone's doing a marathon pace all the time you're like this feels really comfortable really comfortable I'm going to be more confident they can hit that in a race. Yeah. I think the question actually came from Ryan Ballard. Um, and he's given me some other times here. So like you, Shane, I actually have my own calculators. I usually get somebody very early on when they join me to do a, a, a five or a 10 K effort and then work out from their training how much endurance they've got so how well they'll convert and we can make adjustments from there but for example if it was me and i know that i've got that endurance background if i can run 18:45 for a 5k i think i'd be able to convert that to a, a 255 marathon whereas and for a half marathon sort of one sub 125 whereas this person's actually got a half marathon pb of 89:20 so now I know that half marathon PB of 89.20, I would actually probably double that plus about eight minutes for, for that sort of time. And you can get a better idea on, on marathon. So what's that? Two minutes less than three hours. So probably around 3.05, 3.06 based on his half marathon. But he's got the speed to run quicker. He needs to obviously develop his endurance. So I don't think there is a, a calculator that's going to give you an accurate output but it, you can use them as guides and you just need to work it out in the training block really don't you yeah and one one final moment for the for like the marathon specific um targets um a lot can go wrong over a marathon and i think you're much safer giving yourself a performance window um but when i say a lot can go wrong i mean there's so many factors that play into it if you're doing a london marathon and you're trying to break four you're not sometimes it goes beyond what you're capable of and it goes about how many runners are in your way um where you start in the race do you, do you need to stop for a pee you know if you're taking on gels for four hours how well is your stomach going to manage with this so i think finding that um optimal performance is great but i tend to try and give clients a bit of more of a percentage window so if you yeah. think you're in 255 shape i might be like well look okay 255 is gold standard um we'll be over the moon three hours will be very good 305 will be solid 310 you'll you'll also gauge that from the early weeks of marathon training you might give them a marathon session where you'll get them to run marathon pace as three hour to three hour five say even though you think they might be able to run 255 and you'll probably gauge it from how they react to that session if they're doing eight miles at three hour pace and they say 
they were able to hold it and they said, oh, that's really easy, then you can move it on a notch, can't you? You don't, you don't start at the marathon block and go, I think you can run 255. So today we're going to do 10 miles at 255 pace. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to have a two minute rant, right? <laughs> People on Strava get close to their marathon and they're like, oh, I've just done 20 miles at target marathon pace. Well, that's just silly. Like you need you, your marathon is based on, you know, a physiological threshold, essentially. It's going to be, depending on who you are, it's going to be around your sort of aerobic threshold. So you can't just pick a pace that you want to run for a marathon, keep running that amount of distance. And just because you hit 20 miles at, I don't know, 530 pace, it doesn't mean you can hold that for a marathon. Because after that, after that two to two and a half hour mark, you, you're flagging. Um, so I think, I think you've got to be really sensible about actually being patient with your body, allowing the adaptations to take place over the course of your training plan, trust it, listen to your body and just adapt as you go along. And if you, I think if you do that correctly, you're going to line up for a marathon with a, a good idea of what you think your body can do for that amount of time. Good answer. Right. I would probably have ended up doing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's why we don't get Josh to answer this one. Um, just on the list of questions, Josh, this isn't a question, but your nan has hearted, our po- hearted that post. So thanks, Gail. Um, the other question I thought we'd maybe quickly answer comes in from Carl Doherty's. He says, carb depletion, is it old school nonsense or is it worth it? Josh, you've been doing some stuff with low residual something diet low residual diet so but it's not it's not carbs so i don't really change my carb intake at all to answer the question Um, you don't up it nah i just i just have my normal amount really um but to then answer your point just then before a race i think i mentioned this when i did london last year um three days before a race i normally would cut out fiber so i just have really bland um food so for example a normal day would be in the morning, I'd have like an omelette for breakfast with maybe a bagel, but it'd be um, a white bagel, not hot meal, and maybe some yogurts. Then for a snack, I'd have some rice cakes. Uh, lunch, I'd probably have some white rice and some chicken. And then if I have another snack, I'll probably have some rice cakes. Aaron's laughing because it's so good. It's just reminded me of Carl put that video in the group rice and a fish and a rice cake. Josh exactly. has the most bland diet. <laughs> um yeah but i mean it works my stomach was fine on uh sunday so yeah that's true. Um, i think it's good but yeah I, think, I don't change i think mind. cutting out fiber is is sensible um i i have done the carb depletion model and done that carb depletion and also try to run steady that week of the race i think the carb depletion that ron hill did was you cut out carbs Monday to Thursday morning, something like that. Um, and then you started eating carbs again Thursday lunchtime, Friday. And it was super compensation is the the theory behind it, which actually has no scientific evidence that I'm aware of. And I have looked. Shane might know different. But, yeah, I mean, the only comments I'll have on carb depletion is I didn't run better. I was very irritable that week, which more irritable than normal. So 
imagine that and you're just craving food and all you can think about is food which can't be a good thing on race week when you want to relax so my coach then said to me the following year cut that shit out I want you feeling good on race week and just do anything you need to do to feel good but but yeah just just focus on feeling good and being relaxed that week and I don't think carb depletion allows for that anything to add chain yeah I think there's two points you mentioned something on your show with Carl when you were talking about the double days and it's back to risk versus reward um are you a professional elite marathon runner who's trying to find get absolutely everything out of themselves and you're on your eighth marathon and you've not tried it yet then yeah with professional guidance maybe give it a go um are you do you enjoy doing marathons and enjoy running and just want to do your best then well as you said there's not really any conclusive evidence to support it it makes you feel like shit and you might still run bad anyway because you get a blister like I, I don't know i just think uh most of us run because we enjoy it right and you, you're turning something into a real, you're potentially turning something into a really unenjoyable process. And it is, it's horrific. Trying to run on no carbs, I would challenge anyone to feel like that's an enjoyable thing to do. Mm. It's not, it's horrible. And then also, I think if you, if you get it wrong, um, I, I don't know the, um, I, I, I actually, I don't really know. I'm not an, an expert nutritionist, I'm far from it. As you're aware, Aaron, but um, I, I, I just think you're starting to play around with your recovery. Then, you know, I know if you're only doing it race week, it's not bad. But if you're going into race week off and you've maybe trained a little bit too much and too far, you, your body's still recovering to adapt. If you're not supplying it with the fuel to do that, I think you just run the risk of um, just getting hurt or getting ill. Um, like you, you're really you're messing with hormones when you mess with your diet and I think it's also very difficult to do these days the diets that they had in the 60s and 70s was very different to the diets that we have today and the the foods that are available to us you know they are high in sugars and carbs and things and when you're so used to that to try and cut it all out is yeah probably crazy thing to do yeah sugar is almost a bit like a form of a drug isn't it we get a quick hit from it and you take it away. You, yeah. You're going to feel awful. Um, so just keep it in. Right. If sugar was a drug, that would move us on to our, our next segment, the news. So another week, another doping story out of Kenya, Kenyan marathon runner, Marias Kipserum. He's been handed a three year ban for EPO. So he actually denied it twice first. And I think he was on, Kipchoge's sub two project. He was one of the pacemakers, I think. So that makes three of those now banned. Um, my question on on this story is: they reduced it from a four year ban to a three year ban. Why? Because he admitted it third time of asking. Seems a bit bizarre. Um, and they're also backdating it to September. So. Why are they so lenient on somebody who, who tried to hide it from them and then went, oh, actually, yeah, I did do it. 
cool, we'll reduce it a year and we'll backdate it for you. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe someone's handed them a nice little £5 note and said, oi, just uh, do us a solid here, mate. I think look, at the top of any sport, you, you're going to get people pushing the boundaries and going past it. Um, but in particular, Kenya, I saw an article from AW this week. There's a list of athletes in the last couple of months coming out of Kenya who are now serving you know, high profile ones as well, you know, sort of winners of major marathons. It's, it can't be long until they're going to surely kick Kenya out of competitions. Oh, I think it's a, almost a different way. A lot of people are getting caught, but I always think almost think that's a good thing. It means they're actually being caught now. Yeah, it's definitely, especially if it's higher profile athletes, like winners of these major marathons, because, the thing is, they'll do a major marathon, they'll get a payout, and then one fifth place in a major marathon for a Kenyan could potentially change their life if they if they come from poverty. So they don't really, they might not really care about the running. They're just doing it as a way to change their life. Using that as a segue into my next story piece is yeah. is pro running in danger because World Marathon Majors this week announced that they are cutting the prize pot for men's and women's um, able-bodied athletes because they're going to give some of that fund to the wheelchair athletes, but they are also reducing that fund completely. Now, it wasn't that many years ago that World Marathon Majors wanted to offer $1 million to the winner of their World Marathon Majors series. That has now reduced from 250000 to 50000 so you can win that series and you can pick up $50,000. That's really poor, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. fifth place is five grand. That's terrible. So to win the ser- to win a series, what do you have to do? Points basis. With, yeah, I think potentially win a couple of them. So uh, marathons, yeah, one of the one yeah. of the majors. One of the so major marathons, yeah. What does it take to win or at least compete in a couple of those major marathons in a year. Right. That's, that's, if you actually talk at this in terms of somebody's normal salary working in, you know, in in an admin, an office job, that's actually way more hours. That's way harder to do um, because it's, it's reward based. It's almost like a uh, commission based to get 50 grand. That's, that's absolutely shocking. That's nothing. And if you don't win, you get 25 grand. So whose fault is this? Only once they have this final race between, I think it was Wanjiro and somebody else in Chicago. Do you remember that race? I can't, no. no. I remember anyway, is it, is it the athlete's fault? Is it the agent's fault? Is it the governing body's fault? I don't understand the point in this series regardless. Well, it's a way of making potentially... A lot of money if they were wanting to offer a million originally why don't they just increase the prize money at the majors because i mean realistically in most you're going to do what two races i think it's a hundred thousand now for a win individual win i think it's elliot kipchoge's fault because he's too good he's right. too good you know nn do a pretty good job of actually promoting their athletes there needs to be more of those groups promoting individual athletes racing in individual kits um you know and then have their running vests it's very 
obvious and it just adds a different element to it you know maybe a bit of a team element to the sport wouldn't be a bad thing but but anyway right let's quickly rattle through some other news Ailish McColgan's 10k record from the other week has been wiped the course was 150 meters short um we went into short courses the other week so we won't go into that again Valencia half so let's talk about some actual running that's what we're here for uh, so Kibby Watt Candy took the win in the men's race and Josh's favourite Constantanzi is that how you say her name first name? Constanzas I believe Constanzas Klosterhalfen um, captured the victory at Valencia half Candy broke the world record a couple of years ago at this race he finished hard to win in 58-10 and Klosterhalfen took the win in I think it was a debut half in 65-41. Um, watch it? No, because I was busy refreshing my Leeds Abbey Dash results to see your time. I, uh, I didn't watch it live, but I, I have caught up on it. And yeah, uh, Candy went like pretty hard at about probably just after 15k. Um, so yeah, so, four, so 14, 14 kilometres. So his 14th kilometre was a 2.39. Yeah. He was, yeah. I mean, you've got Kajelcha just watched him run away from him. You can do anything about it. Did, did I see somewhere he covered a 5k segment in 1326? Yeah, I think it was 15 to 20. I think that's ridiculous. Average, it's madness. Um, what do you think about Cluster Health and Save You, Josh? Yeah, it's good. She was actually not leading for most of it. Um, think it would have been the girl that was third facer she was yeah. swimming out pretty hard so the women actually ran pretty even i think throughout and and yeah cross half and just took took the win in the last couple of kilometers so they had a pace away, which is quite nice um gabri salima was second 6545 and then facer also ethiopian 66 flat men's Candy took the win 58-10, Kajelcha 58-32, Mateko 58-40, and Worku 58-47. So four men under 59 minutes. But let's talk about some Brit news. Emil Caress, who ran 27-43 in Valencia, 10K last year, is now fourth on the all-time British half-marathon list as he ran 60-32. Um, pretty, pretty solid run from Emil. Yeah, I think he actually, I think he wanted quicker than that. He went off with the lead group. He let him go about four k. Well, probably not. Um, they probably just dropped him. But yeah, I mean that's another real run. Yeah, he was last last week. Um, so yeah, week before at the cross challenge. But so interestingly about Emil, I saw he's now coached by Canova. So. Maybe a marathon debut coming soon. Nice. Be interesting. Um, behind a meal, Mohammed Mohammed ran 62.11, Jack Bro 63.04, and Callum and Derek 63.5 and, and 65 flat for those two. Josh, Rob's, Rob didn't seem to think that was as quick as he wanted for those two. Yeah, Rob's not a man of many words, but he said quite average. 
on the women's side, Sam Harrison, 69-35. Again, I think she wanted a bit quicker. She went out quite hard. Um, and Kate Drew, 73-36, about a minute PB for her. So some fast times in Valencia as usual. Any other comments on Valencia? Shout out to Beer, my boy from Flagstaff. What did he run? 60-37. Oh, did he? I actually missed his name. Because I saw Cam Levins ran 61 flat. Yeah. And another American was 60 40. Um, ben Flanagan was Canadian. Yes. I was a Canadian, yeah. Flat, yeah. Yeah, so some yeah, quick times. Um Leeds Abidash 10K, Josh had already been through it, but the men's was won by is he Northern Irish, Andy Milligan? Yeah, I believe so. 29-22. Um close battle for the win as Tim LaFroy was second 29-24 it says they were both given the same gun time it was a sprint I have not seen the finish but I heard it was a sprint it said Andy was given the nod on chip time that's surely not how it worked he must have beaten then in third place was Lewis Jagger 29-27 interestingly I saw um, Aussie Ed Goddard ran Valencia didn't he and had a bit of a, a poor day but on his vest he had Mick Jagger Mick Jagger is Lewis Jagger's actual dad not the, not the Mick Jagger but another Mick Jagger so yes. maybe Ed Goddard was supporting Lewis Jagger's dad who knows anyway um, 14 athletes under 30 minutes Josh didn't fancy joining that train so We'll talk about that when he does it again. Josh um, hasn't done it on a on a normal course, has he? Done at Telford. It's not normal. Yeah, that's not normal. Like, Downhill, mate. Women, women's race. Um, Jess Judd took the win in thirty two eighteen. Jess Warner. Oh, thank you. Sorry, Jess Warner Judd. Yeah, she got married in the summer. Um, now. Is she not the most famous person in Blackburn anymore? Now you've arrived. <laughs> I don't even think she lives in Blackburn. I think she lives in Loughborough. But she does Rob does, though, doesn't he? I don't know. I know they run for Blackburn. but Anyway, um, she took the win. And Gide, who we mentioned last week, was second 32-34. And Lucy Reed 32-35. So, yeah, quick times, even though it's a bit rainy, over there in Leeds. That's about it, boys. I think it's time we wrap up. My voice goes completely. Shane, anything big happening in your life next week? It's the Lincoln 10K, mate. Oh, the big one. It's the big one. It's what it's what everybody, what people in Lincoln love. The comments on the local news. They'll all be complaining that nobody can drive anywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Is Matt Bowser turning up? Course he is, mate. He'll be in his finest ironed cotton t-shirt and his favourite long shorts, just in case he gets beat by me. Cap backwards or forwards? Um, I, I can cap backwards. I think that's what I'm going for. Um, Not you, Matt Bowser. Yeah. Oh no. It, it would be, if it's raining, I'm going to go for a cap to hide my balding head. Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, Lincoln 10k, yeah, no, looking forward to it. Just I would like to put down a marker, see where I'm at, try not to get a stitch, and uh, yeah, go go for that. 
Oh, I shame. Do you think you can run faster than I ran at Leeds? What did you run again? 30 40. I think it could be close. It's it's a tough ask at Lincoln. Oh, no, Lincoln course got better, hasn't it? No. It's got Not shorter. Good. I don't think it's 10k. <laughs> Is that why it's so fast? Okay. Yeah. No, I think um, uh, it, it just depends. Last, last year we had a really good group and it was an interesting race, but it was also like Leeds conditions last year. Um, and I ran, I think I ran about 30, 40, but I, I think I was in better shape last year. But we start, I think we were like a 520 first mile. So it was worth quicker, obviously, if I paced it accurately. But I think I can get close, Josh, but we'll we'll see what the day the day gives us. So Joshua, what's happening in your I'm, life? I'm actually in Cardiff all week. Wow. First time I've been in Cardiff for about two and a half weeks. How are you going to spend that time? Studying for an exam. Nothing exciting. Uh, yeah, I've got. I don't have a session tomorrow, which would be a nice little change. Um, other than that, I literally have no plans really. Bit of work, bit of studying. And uh, big week. Aaron, are you going to um, you going to keep being ill, or do you reckon you're going to change that? I don't know. They seem to last forever. These illnesses for me. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I can run tomorrow. Do a bit of easy running. Get back into things. I'm going back home to Suffolk this weekend so going to see some family in Woodbridge and it's Eliza's birthday next Monday so yeah trying to find some space for all her presents because she's taken over the whole living room with all her stuff which is what, what have you got another her? good point what have you got huh? her? What, what, what present have you got her? Um, a wooden kitchen thing. Um, I've got a, I've got an idea, right? At what age? Did, what age do you remember? Like, how far back can you remember? I think my first memory was from I. I was. And now I don't know if this is an actual memory, but it could have been when I was three. How old is she? She's gonna be two. Saving money. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> It's not about whether you remember it, Josh. Can I just say, Josh Lunn has come out with the best advice this pod, by yeah. far. <laughs> Josh, if she has the upbringing like you did, she'll end up like you. So we've got to make sure she has a good, solid upbringing, enjoys herself, and she might be an honourable citizen, unlike us three. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And yeah, I'll speak to Carl on Wednesday, see how his little trip to Valencia went. By the sounds of it, it didn't go quite to plan. So that's it, boys. Should we wrap this up? Yeah. Next week. Yeah. Peace See out. you next week, boys. Bye-bye. Bye.